Welcome to the Naturopathic Life and Living Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Francis, where I'm going to be talking about all kinds of things underneath the sun, everything that has to do with life, living, and your healthcare. So today I want to talk about transformation. Yep, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about transformation and why? Well, why not? It's a new year, it's a new decade, and everybody's talking about a new you, right? So that's what transformation is, right? You're changing from one thing to something else preferably into something better, into a newer you, a better you, a better version of yourself, a closer witness of who you are meant to be, of who you are when you're fulfilling your purpose of being your best self, right? Transformation is change. Change is simple. All you have to do is make a different decision. Now, it's not always easy. Why? Well, because we have issues that are keeping us stuck for where we are in the first place, right? So that's what we're trying to get rid of. That's what we're trying to overcome. That's what we're trying to do. So for some people, let's say an example would be they want to stop smoking, right? Well, there's a reason why people smoke. There's a habit, right? There's emotional reasons why they reach for it in the first place. They have a need that's not being fulfilled. They have an emotional emptiness. They have a void. So when people talk about, let's say that's an addiction, right? So when people talk about addictions, I say that it's kind of like taking a square peg and putting in a round hole, right? The square peg will fit, but there's empty spots that aren't getting filled. So it kind of fills your spot. It kind of fills that gap, that hole, that missing piece of you, but it doesn't actually do it in the right way. And why? Because it's not actually nurturing. It's not actually supporting. It's not actually giving you what you need. It's just covering it up, faking that you're filling it, kind of filling it, but not really the right way. And so it doesn't actually satisfy you the way that actually being nurtured and taken care of and having those emotional needs fulfilled would do. And so transformation is changing from one thing to another. So it could be changing your perspective, letting go of bad habits, lightening the load, increasing your vibration, being a better you, honoring doors of new opportunities. It's just making a decision. It's doing something different. So you can't expect something different to happen if you don't do something different. So you have to transform. You have to change. You have to say, instead of this happening, I want this to happen. Now, the problem with that is that change can be very scary, even though it's not difficult. It's not, well, see, now these words are getting tricky because change is easy, but it's not. Change is hard, but it's really not. People say change is simple. It is. Change is simple, but it's not always easy, right? Because we have habits. We have insecurities. Those are our issues. Those are our problems. We have inconsistencies with being able to follow through because of programming and patterning from our environment taught to us through observation, right? So when we're kids and we're growing up, we're observing our families. We're watching our environment. We're figuring out what we need to do to be able to survive, to be able to get through the day, to be able to avoid pain and seek pleasure because we want to have those dopamine rushes, right? We want all of those amazing hormones that make us feel good and happy to be within our skin. We want those things there. And so this day and age is actually kind of counterproductive for that with all of the technology that's going on right now because you don't really have to put forth much effort. You just kind of sit there and move your fingers or your thumbs or your hands on a keyboard or touch screen or with a little stylus pen or interactive equipment so that way you can be involved in holographic games, things like that. And so that doesn't really do much for the body. It's just all in the mind, but you don't have to put forth much effort. So when people actually have to, quite frankly, get off their asses and be able to physically do something, a lot of people aren't capable of doing that because their bodies aren't conditioned to it. They're so used to technology and things being so easy for them 
and the quick dopamine response of rewards that happens with external stimuli from watching the screens flash and things like that. So people aren't really conditioned to put forth effort that pretty much puts everybody in like a hypnotic state where you could say that people are just like mindless zombies right now to make a correlation with popular culture, right? So you have to have willpower. You have to be able to make a decision and you have to be able to stick to it. And then when those patterns of triggered responses that keep you stuck in whatever your situation is that you want to change, that's when the work gets hard, right? That's when the effort is involved. That's when it's mind over matter. That's when emotions get stifled. That's when you have to actually deal with your issues. That's when things happen. Like that's when you have to keep going. That's when people want to stop because that's when it gets hard. Well, that's when you actually need to keep going. That's when you need to persevere. That's when you need to have those goals up on the wall so that way you can look at it to remind yourself constantly about what matters. Otherwise, you're just going to slump back into the habit of yesteryear and last decade and 20 years ago. And then this new change that you want to incorporate doesn't actually happen. I'm encouraging everybody that wants to be able to be different, to be able to set that expectation for yourself and to be able to make that decision and do it. In order to actually do it, you have to be all in. You have to be able to make the decision, know that that's your decision and you can fake it till you make it. You could be on the fence with it and say that that's what you want to do, but not 100% wholeheartedly feel it and you're going to backslide, right? You're going to be struggling with it, but then it'll get easier to be able to see that that's the road that you want to be on if you keep reminding yourself that that's what you want to do. Part of what I want to talk about is not only transformation, but think about what those words are and other things going on very controversially in our culture right now. There is a huge amount of people that are realizing that the old ways of gender separation is really outdated and that concept is transforming a whole movement of people feeling like they're not comfortable in their own bodies. And part of that I blame on culture because how horrible was it that people were taught they have to be a certain gender, which I'm going to put on religions as saying it's for the purpose of procreation that you need to be able to have that and that it was in a time of infancy of the population. But now that there has been an evolution and a change in mindset where the planet and the people on it innovatively have grown from that infant newborn stage, which of course, in years when you're speaking about the planet and the universe and the multiverse to go more into quantum physics, change happens. Life is a series of changes that constantly occur. So that's evolving. That's evolution. It happens with revolution. It happens with the turning and the changing and the times of giving and taking and acceptance and change and new values coming to the forefront, which is quite honestly old values that people are standing up for instead of being subjected to shame over. If you don't know anything about history or past cultures, being non-binary is not something new. It's not this, oh my gosh, horrible thing that is supposed to be judged and other people making decisions for other people about what that means or anything like that. Quite honestly, gender is a continuum that doesn't really make a difference for anything other than directly, physically creating a child because you need the sperm and the egg unless or until technology is able to 
change that and thwart that into combining those gametes in a way that actually creates life, which actually has been done in the past with two eggs with a sheep. I think her name was Dorothy, possibly. I don't quite remember the name of the sheep, but the eggs that they used were old and the lamb had a lot of problems like arthritis and a bunch of different problems, but they determined wasn't because they used two eggs instead of an egg and a sperm. They deducted that it was based on the age of the eggs instead of having the younger vitality in the health of those eggs. I'm not sure exactly where science is with all of that right now. I know religion has their own claim. Depending on which religion that it is, I don't really know all of the world religions. God only knows how many of them there are, whatever form that you use to be able to say that phrase that I just said. Even if you look at spiritual beings like angels or sentient beings, they are said to not have gender. Well, that makes sense because they're not manifested in bodies. So why does it matter? Quite honestly, there are a few things going on with the trans movement where I'm going to say, number one, like I said, I think it's horrible that perfect little people are born and told by society who they are, who they're supposed to be, and they are caused pain until they conform to that concept, regardless of whether it's something that is imposed on them from their own direct family or the outer world outside of that direct environment to them. Either way, I have an ex that one time had told me that he was concerned about how I spoke to my youngest child because the child wasn't going to know if they were supposed to be a girl or a boy because I wasn't teaching him how to be a boy. I wasn't telling him that he had to play with trucks and he was not allowed to hold dolls. Well, guess what? Little boys holding dolls and they're pretending to be fathers. I would prefer to have a child hold a doll because that shows that they're practicing and they're being compassionate towards infants, which is an act that we need in order to survive. We need to have the parents nurture the children when they create them. So why would we not want to have all of our children playing with dolls? When my kids were little, their father's family had asked me what I wanted them to get for Christmas, whatever they want, tool sets, doctor kits, dolls, whatever they want. But I had to enforce those male gendered toys. Toys are just toys. They're ways for children to be able to practice skills so that way they can incorporate into their understanding what they're witnessing in their families and their households. So if a child watches a parent or a grandparent or an adult, whatever, in the house making food, well, then the child is going to pretend that they're making food because they are products of their environment. So they witness what they see, they witness what's there, and then they act that out. That stuff is what gets ingrained in us. So if a child sees somebody showing compassion to somebody else, they're going to practice showing compassion. That's just what, as a species, we do. But also on the same token, if a child witnesses in their family abuse where there's yelling and then the person that's being victimized just lets it happen and cries about it and then goes and eats a tub of ice cream, then that child is learning, number one, they're supposed to be getting yelled at. That's just part of life. That they're supposed to not do anything about it. That's also part of life. And then afterwards, when you cry, you go and eat a tub of ice cream, which is filled with a bunch of dairy from cows. People aren't cattle. So enzymatically, do we even have as people what we need to be able to process that? How is that benefiting us other than you're having that rich, creamy, sweet thing that you can move around on your tongue? 
So you're providing for sensory awareness, you're stimulating receptors, you're getting all of these hormones released from your gut, because that's where the majority of your hormones are created and your vagus nerve goes through your gut. So all of your emotions are routed through your GI system, which is why people end up with all kinds of digestion problems and autoimmune problems are on the rise. And all of this stuff is because of our childhood and our emotions and how we watch how our families deal with things happening in life. That is the stuff that gets programmed. Those are the things that are your automatic responses. Basically, transformation is just when people say, you know what, that's it. I've had it. This stuff that I've been programmed with, I don't agree with. It's not helping me. It's not beneficial for me. And I'm not thriving in this kind of an environment. They make the decision to be able to have something better, to be something better, to do something better. You have to fight against everything coming at you, telling you that that's wrong. All of those habits that's called the crab effect when the people in your environment try to stop you from changing. The act of changing isn't really that difficult, even though it kind of is because it's invoking radical change. You have to be able to accept not only that you believe that something should be different, that you want it to be different, that you are willing to go through what's needed in order for it to be different, but that also once you start actually having that, that you keep going and that you accept it and that you are willing to actually become it, to let go of what you used to be. So there are a lot of stages involved with change and transformation. The most apparent changes I've seen is with transgendered people. Again, I think it's horrible. A child was born. They are who they are. They just happen to be manifested in whatever outward gender it appears to be. But then people in their society tell them what that means who they are. Just because somebody is born with a penis, I don't think that means they're supposed to be the one who has a job. They're supposed to be the one that is the protector. They're supposed to be the one that's more aggressive. They're supposed to be the one that you know, fill in the blank with whatever stereotypes that you are aware of for the male aspect of society. And then the same thing with female. I've been told most of my life that I thought that I was a boy. Now, I don't identify with being male. I guess when I was little, my mom used to ask me if I was a boy or a girl, and I would say I was a girl. So I'm assuming that's supposed to be a girl, but it kind of sounded like a grill. I mean, I'm not a barbecue grill, so take that for whatever it's worth. I, I was taught that I was supposed to be subdued, and I was supposed to be needy, and I was supposed to wait for other people to be able to provide for my needs, and I wasn't supposed to do anything. Well, that was really sucky because I was very capable of taking care of all kinds of things. After high school, I went and took my ASVABs, and I scored really high on everything, including mechanical reasoning. So what does that say? It says that I can do whatever the heck I want as long as I put my mind to it and I decide that that's what I want to do so I can do it. The only problem is with me, just like anybody else, I have my programming from my childhood from the assumingly well-intentioned family members and friends of family and stuff like that who were concerned for my well-being and my acceptance into society. I don't agree with that. I'm strong. I'm confident. I'm capable. I know how to use power tools. I can write an essay. I can talk and do public speaking. I'm a healer. I can work with frequency and vibrational change and I can do acupuncture and massage and I know how to cook and I know how to do landscaping and there are so many things that I know how to do that doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to do them just because I'm female and for all of these people who have these fundamentalist families that deny them the ability to be allowed to be themselves and so these people take it upon themselves to realize like hey look this is who I am and 
whether it's because this is what society defines as the gender of these types of behaviors and feelings, or whether it's the people look at themselves in the mirror and they feel like they're not in the right body. You don't have to have gender dysphoria in order to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and feel like you don't see what you actually see, like you don't see what other people see. So there are all kinds of things that cause a disconnect between someone's soul and the body that they're in mixed with the mentality of the society that they're in and how that society determines who those people are supposed to be projecting outward to the world. And for anybody who takes on that challenge and tells the world, hey, no, I'm not who you say I am. I am who I am. And I don't care if you like it. It's not that they don't care, but it's they don't care more about what society tells them who they're supposed to be than who they actually feel that they are. Because quite honestly, they're fighting themselves if they're trying to be somebody that they're not, which is exactly what trans people are saying. I've seen a lot of pictures before and after transition. And if the thing that actually is making the difference of what is represented on the outside is the hormone, those sex hormones, the estrogen and the testosterone, because once somebody who is born physically with a penis starts taking estrogen, their bodies change. The shape of their bones change. It's a huge, huge, huge change. Ask any trans woman to compare who they were as a man and who they are now on estrogen. They can give you a whole list of ways that they're different, how they feel, how they think, what their emotions are, how they respond to certain situations. There are differences. But if you think about it, if that's the identifying factor, that's how people want to say you're male or you're female. Well, we're not male or female. We are male and female because everybody has testosterone and everybody has estrogen. They're just in different amounts. And quite honestly, every single person is created from a man's origin cell and a woman's origin cell. So far in the day and age and culture that we have now, not talking about lost civilizations, but talking about the science and technology of normal, everyday public awareness, you need a seed from a man and a seed from a woman. And those combine and then create the next new person. That means everybody is male and female. You just morph into whatever gets represented. That's talking just about the physical. So if you want to bring it more into the spiritual aspect, and it's the way that you think and the way that you feel, that's based on an individual person, not based on what society determines what is male and what is female, because that doesn't make sense. I mean, it worked a long time ago, but we are so far beyond that. Look at the evolution of life, even in the last hundred years, how things have changed. There's not the same culture that there used to be. And in order for everybody to be able to progress and become more spiritual and to grow through the evolution of the planet, we need to be able to progress and go from the physical to the spiritual while still remaining in the physical. Because obviously, if you go directly spiritual, then you're dead because you're not in your body anymore. But the huge undertaking that these people go through, it's amazing. Anybody that goes for a drastic change to be able to project out into the world and express who they actually feel that they are on the inside, for whatever reason, there's a disconnect, like I said, because of family or because of culture, because of whatever reason, to be able to go through that transformation. It's amazing growth and change. And it is so worth it in the end. So many pictures I've seen of people as one gender, and then they undertake the hormonal transformation. And then the way they look in the gendered body that they feel is who they actually connect with. Oh my God, amazing.
amazing, amazing, amazing. There was this one person that I had seen. There was this girl, young woman, her name was Jamie. And the way that she looked as a woman, and then she documented all these years of changing. And the last video that I saw was after seven years of taking testosterone, the way that there was a transformation from Jamie as a female into Jamie as a man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That Jamie is a man. That Jamie was supposed to be a man. That Jamie is amazing and looks amazingly happy and full of purpose and self as a man. Don't deny these people to be able to express and be who they know that they really are. They are who they are. People are who they are to be able to go through the beauty and the transformation like a butterfly, right? Who is this caterpillar who has to go through the deadening, the hiding for the internal and external change to be able to emerge through the struggle after being hidden and closed up and locked away and then to spread their wings and fly and to be able to be a butterfly, something that a caterpillar possibly can't even relate to, but has some kind of sense inside that they follow that they go through this transformation and become. That's amazing. That is such freedom. That is so amazing. Hats off to anybody and everybody taking the steps towards transformation and to have the strength and the conviction to maintain through the struggles, to have moments where you lapse and you fall and you pick yourself back up and you keep going and you just keep going until you get through through that middle point and you emerge on the other side. There's a lot involved with being able to make that change to be able to transform. So hats off to everybody wanting to be better than where they are right now. And every single day is an opportunity for you to be able to make those decisions to be able to make that happen. You don't have to wait for January 1st. You don't have to wait for a new year. You don't have to wait for a new decade. You don't have to wait until the morning. You can make that decision partway through the day. It doesn't matter. But every single day is a new opportunity to be able to become and be who you really know that you are. So as we move forward in this new decade, hats off to you. All right, everybody, that ends our episode for today. I hope you were able to get some helpful information to be able to live more naturally. So if you like what I had to say today and you found it beneficial or helpful, please go ahead and share. And if there's anything going on where you need to find a naturopathic doctor or for any reason you need somebody to talk to, please go ahead and call me at 586-405-7618. I give a free 15-minute consult to see how well we'll work together. Or you can find me online at canassist.me. That's C-A-N-N-A-S-S-I-S. This is Dr. Francis saying enjoy, have fun, 